Hello again and welcome to Crime in Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me as always, my friend Ben Rupel. So, weather affects me a lot, and today it's sunny, and that is good. All right, seasonal affective disorder covered in sentence one. (laughs) Things we also cover every other week will bring you a new true crime (laughs) podcast about people in and around the music industry and their misadventures into law-breaking. If you like music history, murder mystery, people with eccentricity, you've come to the right place. Share with a friend, tell a relative. Right now, we're trying to get people in the great state of... Are we still on Maryland? I feel like we got Maryland. Yeah. That guy that won that a uh, billion dollars, he sent us $3 million, so cool. Thank you. We're good. Thank I appreciate you. that. Thank All you, right. sir. Uh, if you have extra money you would like to send to us, get a hold of us everywhere you do your social medias, Crime in Music, or go directly to our website, crimeinmusic.com. You can speak right to us through a widget called Speak Pipe, where you hit the button, record just like a phone message. We will play that message on air and interact with you. Hey, okay, let's do Florida. Everybody Let's, in Florida. Some people in Florida leave us speak pipe. If you've listened to our our broadcast regularly, you yeah. know we did we dig on Florida a little. We but, like Florida. Florida, it's the other yeah. uh, peninsula. So we, you know, we're from Michigan. We like to bag on the other people who are like us. Well, I think it's a yeah, a lot of people from Michigan go down to Florida and live. You know, snowbirds they they're called. They go down there in the summer, come back, or go down there in winter, come back in the summer. So there we have go. a lot of elbow rubbins with florida it's true and we like to make fun of them I so bet there's plenty of people who make fun of michigan all right if you're in and around anywhere in the world let us know where you're listening at just say hey we'll say hey back so yeah, say hey we're from florida there you go even if you're not if you know somebody there send them your favorite episode say check these guys out if you really want to help us out leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast that's always helpful to let people know that uh you like us, you like what we're doing, or you don't. I mean, either way, we're good. Either way. Yeah, super awesome. We tell how super awesome we are. Speaking of super awesome, how are you doing today? It's like I said, it's sunny out. I think that's a, it's been pretty gray here for the last few weeks. It is winter time, so we do get some snow and some cold, and there is snow on the ground now, and it's cold outside, but the sunshine absolutely helps. I love it. Yeah, it's I like it. It's oh, it's nice. It. It's nice. Well, today we're not going to learn about sunshine. We're going to learn about clouds. Yeah. We're going to learn about uh, exotic foreign lands. Okay. And finally, we're going to learn about... Exotic foreign lands. Being different. Being different. All right. Just a couple of things to let you know. So if you're interested in exotic foreign lands, clouds, and being different, this is the episode for you. Well, I'm using these as as my preliminary hints before we play. Well, that's the thing. I got to give clues before I give you clues. But right now, it's time for the official clues and guess the guess. As always, thank you, Kevin McLeod, for Guess the Guess music. Kevin. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Excited. Let's go. The twin. The twin. Danny DeVito. Oh, not the right one. <laughs> Sorry. That would have been funny, right? If it was Danny DeVito. Nailed it. Uh, Lieutenant Lush. Lieutenant Lush. All right. Now I feel like we're in a rocker. We're a, it's a rocker. Okay. The twin, Lieutenant Rush. Lush. Getty uh, Lee. B- nice. Said rush. I said Rush. <laughs> Calm right. down, you Getty Corns. <laughs> Uh, Lieutenant Lush, the twin, um, he will tumble for you. Uh, I'll tumble for you. George Michael? I'll tumble for you. What's his name? That guy. His name is George Allen O'Dowd, better known as... 
Boy George. Boy George! Yay! Ben last got second. it. Oh, minute. my yeah. gosh. Well, I mean, you start singing the freaking song, dude. <laughs> I can figure it out when you... I was running out of clues, so that's what I got. But you are correct. It is Boy George, born George Allen O'Dowd, June 14th, 1961, in Barnhurst Hospital, Kent, England. Okay, he's English. He is definitely English. Did you not know that? No, I knew he wasn't an, an American, but why did I think he was like South African or something? Oh, the accent, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I knew. Okay. All right. Great. English. There you go. Right. Boy George. You've well, heard of him. I I want people to not be with some people that we talk about. Okay. Not from America and not from England. Those are two big ones. We get a lot of our music yep. people from. We had to do from Sweden, right? That's true. The yeah. Norwegian guys. Okay. Norway, but same as Sweden. Okay. Maybe next time you do Dave Matthews or something. We'll see what he's done. Okay. Right now, we're going to talk about George Allen O'Dowd, a.k.a. Boy George, the twin Lieutenant Lush. He will definitely tumble for you. He was born, as I said, in Kent, England, back in 1961, child of the 60s. He's got his parents, Jeremiah, Jerry O'Dowd, and Christina Glynn, known as Dinah O'Dowd. So he was born in 61. You got it. All right. His father was born of English and Irish descent. He's a builder. A builder? So his dad builds things. What was his dad's name? His dad's name is Jerry. Was it Bob? Jerry the builder. All right, Bob. No, it's Jerry. We ain't got no Bobs here. Well, there might be a Bob. Might be a Bobby. Bobby. English for cops. Uh, His mother is from Dublin, Ireland. At the age of 18, Dinah, his mom, she's cheated on and humiliated for being an unwed teen mom. So she escapes all the bullies of Ireland. She moves to London where she starts a new life, and that's where she found Jerry, and they get married. Hold on. She was getting made fun of for being a what? A teen mom. Oh, she was an unwed teen mom. Okay. So... That was his half-brother then. Well, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, We're going to call him Lieutenant Lush or Lush. Lush is the second of five children. He's raised in a working-class Irish Catholic family. He has one older brother, Kevin, as we talked about. The stepbrother? Correct. Okay. Or Uh, not step, half-brother. Half-brother. As well as two younger brothers, Gerald and David. Okay. And uh, he's got a younger sister, Sioban. 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 It sounds like a Star Wars name. S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Sioban. it, it does also sound like kind of reads like a Star Wars name. Right. She's the uh, Jedi Master Seobon. Yeah, she's the only one with a yellow lightsaber. She's <laughs> mentally in tune with the Force. Well, no, yellow lightsabers mean you haven't picked Jedi or Sith. You're in the between the no, balance. I thought Neutral. the yellow one was the really smart ones. They didn't... They, they are, but that's how they recognize picking sides is wrong. Use all of the Force, not just the light and the dark. All right. Well, then, how did Samuel L. Jackson get a purple one? Uh, he said, "I'm Samuel L. Jackson, motherfuckers. I want a purple lightsaber." <laughs> I think that's literally how I have. Right. The people at Luger's like, "Oh shit, yeah, okay, yeah, Sam man. Jackson, give it to him." Hey, so he, he said he would be in our movie. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Shut up. Just give we'll it to change him. Change all the fucking canon. Get Samuel Jackson in here. Yeah, it's a mouse click, bro. Just there you go. You're you're done. It's clicked. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, Lush doesn't have a lightsaber, but he does have an older half brother. That guy's name is Richard, not. Kevin. Kevin is just his older brother. So yeah, he's got Dick older brother. He's born out of wedlock in Dublin in 57. That's uh, Dinah's first kid, as we talked about. Um, She was 18, moved to London, started a new life with Jerry, get out of the unwed mother thing, got these kids. Okay. Lush here is, uh, he's compared his family history to a sad Irish song. So apparently Jerry is dad. Danny boy, the eyes of the smiling. Well, the pipes weren't smiling. And, and something town. Yeah. Tony Moore. 
That's a sad the Irish pipes, song. The pipes were Do you know any happy Irish songs? From Glen to Glen. And something else. I don't remember that. But anyway, uh, Jerry, not Glenn, his dad, he was apparently physically and mentally abusive. He beat his wife, even though she was pregnant with little Lush here. Oh, I hate this part of the movie. And uh, there's a quote about his father. It says, quote, he was a terrible father and a terrible husband. Hmm. 1980s, Lush is a follower of the New Romantic Movement, which was popular in the UK. That's where pop artists that inspired him. Uh, those were people like Susie and the Banshees, Roxy Music, Patti Smith, other major glam rock pioneers. He liked David Bowie and the T-Rex frontman Mark Bolin. You ever watch T-Rex? Mm-hmm. That's sweet. There's a quote about Bolin and Bowie on him. Uh, Lieutenant Lusher says, They represented a kind of bohemian existence that I, at that point, could only imagine living. I love the music. The first time I ever saw Mark Bolin really properly was singing Metal Guru, and I loved him. I don't think that you can separate an artist from what they wear or what they sing. It's kind of a complete package. It's something which is very organic and individual. You're, um... Your your voice for uh, uh, for him is about the same as he had for Billie Holiday. No, that's more like like uh, uh, oh boy, how would I even <laughs> do that? They represented a kind of bohemian. Yeah, I'm stuck now. I got one gear. That's you got me. All right, no, that's okay. I, but Damn. In my mind, I I hear I hear Boy George. That's who you should hear. All right, say Little Lieutenant Lush. Little Lieutenant Lush's androgynous style of dressing caught the attention of music entrepreneur Malcolm McLaren, previously the manager of the Sex Pistols. That's why that's important. So he impresses the manager of the Sex Pistols, Malcolm McLaren. He arranges for a Little Lush here to go perform with the group. Bow wow wow. Bow Wow Wow. You remember Bow Wow Wow? Yeah, well, I know they had like a big song, didn't they? Well, I think it was I Want Candy, but I could be wrong. I want candy. Dun, 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 oh, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. But that might be right. Dun, dun. It's on a card. I feel like I should look up what Bow Wow Wow song was. Bow but, Wow Wow. Yeah, Bow okay. Wow Wow. Just say it, Bow Wow Wow. Going on the stage name, Lieutenant Lush, his tenure with Bow Wow Wow proved problematic, like the word, with singer Annabelle Lwin. L-W-I-N. That's a rough one. So his name was not Boy George, and it was Lieutenant Lush. Yeah, he's calling himself Lieutenant Lush. Oh, okay. That wasn't just a nickname. That was his stage name. That was stage name. For the beginning of his career. Worry to keep up. What'd he do? Sing? He's a singer. Did he have a guitar (laughs) or anything? No, he's a singer, man. Just got in front of a microphone. Yes. All right. Lieutenant Lush eventually left Bow Wow Wow and started his own band with bassist Mikey Craig. They were joined by John Moss. He's the drummer for uh, The Damned, and he had a little spot with Adam and the Ants. And then they picked up guitarist Roy Hay. Originally, they changed the name to Sex Gang Children, but uh, that didn't really sell a lot. So they (laughs) decided the Culture Club, we'll call ourselves Culture Club, referring to their various ethnic backgrounds uh, of all the different members. The band records some demos. They're paid for by EMI Records. Even though the label declined to sign them, they still paid for their recording sessions. So now you got your group formed and you have these uh, tracks professionally recorded so you can go shop out to other record labels and stuff like that. Oh well, no. The the record label probably is like, hey, we're gonna do this for you. Go do the legwork, shop it out. I don't think they're gonna let some other record label start picking them up. They probably had rights of first refusal on that. I would imagine yeah. it's not stated, but you saying that like, makes hey, me think you might be right. I'll use your, your studio, your gear, your boards, your mixing, whatever, and then you come out with a final product with no guarantee that you're gonna get paid on it. But go out, and make a name for yourself. Okay, come back. Yeah, do all yeah. The, 
you know, here's your homework. Go do this. I get what you're Come saying. Come back and maybe we can uh, work some out. You sell enough cookies, we'll hire you full time. There you go. They're they're basically Girl Scouts. <laughs> Team Girl Scout, 1982. They uh, record their debut album, Kissing to Be Clever. In UK, it hits number five. US goes to number 14 on the album charts. The single, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Do You Really Want to Make, make Me cry? cry? Man, some of these songs are just ingrained in our dna from oh, back in the day yeah not that they're great songs that's what we had that's what we everybody listened to and it wasn't like we had the internet we could go listen to anything we wanted no did not listen to whatever was on 102.5 that's yes. what we listened to or if you're real edgy ck 105.5 ck 105.5 baby wrong <laughs> no but yeah you, you, you this was the popular music it and, was and it got woven into every bit of media Commercials, so, movies, movies, television show. Yeah. It was everywhere, man. Yep. Well, because it was everywhere, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Becomes an international hit, reaches number one in multiple countries around the world, plus it's uh, top ten in several more countries. U.S. It stays at one, goes to two. I mean, it's it's very popular. It was followed by the top ten hit Time uh, in UK and US top 10 in both of those. And then finally, I'll tumble for you. I'll tumble for you. I'll tumble for you. It reminds me of, I think Billy Madison movie. Uh, Yeah, exactly. That's That's all these are in those, uh, tumble for you reaches number nine in the U S this gave culture club, the distinction of being the first group since the Beatles to have three top 10 hits in the U S from a single debut album. Well, that's, it came out firing, man. Dude, home run, first time at bat. That's. <laughs> I mean, they not. This was not. This was their first big attempt. Yeah. At anything. Anything. They, they didn't did even. It. EMI just paid for it. Didn't even like you know sign them off of it. Bam, out right. of the park, baby. Yep. Their next album, Color by Numbers, is an enormous success. Also, tops the UK charts. Uh, hits number two in the US. The single. Church of the Poison Mind becomes a top ten hit, and come a come a come a come a come a chameleon, they come and go, and what they come and go. And about what year is this? <laughs> uh, that is uh, nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, this is the this is one of the albums that my mom wanted. Oh, whoa! And my dad, you know, for like a birthday or Christmas or whatever. Sure. My dad had no idea who this guy was or Cul- what this was. Culture Club. Yeah, and. It, there were a few albums that I had to do this for my parents. My dad would take me to the, 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 uh, it was called, it wasn't rock or roller. What was uh, the one on Miller road across from the mall? Uh, I, you had me at rock or was that dirt ball place? Wider, wider. I think yeah. it's actually, I think wider one of, it was one of the two probably. Right. And I'm sorry, there's context that needs to be in there. We just said like name two places. Rock and roller records was the, Independent record Independent, stores. So, yes, yeah. that's the word. Independent record stores. So go watch High Fidelity, independent record stores. And then Wyatt Earp Records was like the dirtball version of the independent record store. Uh, you pretty dirtball. Pretty sure you could buy weed there, although we were too young, but I think that's what happened. There was definitely weed there. I could smell I think, it. You could smell it, but I don't yeah. know if they sold it. So, so um, they were more of a buyer, I think. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why my dad was there. So anyway. It's all making sense now. This is one of the albums I had to sing to the dude behind the counter so he could pick out the right records. Oh, God, no. I, I had to do it for this one. I had to do it for um, the Australian ones. Uh, uh, 
uh, what was that? Uh, Men at work. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, I had to sing. I come from a land down, down under. Down. The guy's like, I got it. All I right. know what you want. Keep singing, boy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Here's a nickel. Yeah. Put in a nickel. You get the whole song. Yep. Uh, okay, so your Ben's in there singing, come on, come on, come on. Like, I've heard of Michael Jackson, kid. No, Thanks, I buddy. I, everybody knew him like That's that. funny. Well, Karma Chameleon, as we said, becomes the number one international hit, peaking at number one in 16 different countries. It hits number one in the U.S., where it stays for three weeks, which is huge. It was the best-selling single of that year in the United Kingdom. It spent six weeks at number one over in the U.K., Victims and It's a Miracle are other top five UK hits off of that album, while Miss Me Blind reached top five in the US, not so much in the UK. With that success, Lush here starts doing some interviews around town. When asked by Joan Rivers in an interview uh, on her show, 1983, quote, what's my Joan Rivers? Do you prefer men or women? That's a good Joan Rivers. There you go. Lush replied, oh, both. Oh, yeah. Well, so, and, that was, and that made headlines. Oh, dude, that blew up what <laughs> media was at the day. There, sure. were, there were teenagers having their rooms ransacked by the parents, uh, yanking out all nope. the Boy George and you know, Culture Club. Nope. Get rid of this. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you know there was. Now, again, to bring it around for the millennials and the younger set, the Zs out there, that was not a common thing to say in an interview Back in 1983. You could be gay. Absolutely. As long as you played by one rule. You're gay. Shut up. Yep. Shut up. Don't say. It's like Fight Club. We don't talk about it. It's true. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. No, gay rules in the 80s were Fight Club rules. You're absolutely correct. And I think everybody knew, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's like with even with the Freddie Mercury stuff and the, you know, other other famous uh, Elton John and, and stuff like that. Yep. We talk about it today just so... Casual. Casually. But back then, it was like, no, Elton John can't be gay. No, I've seen him with girls. Yeah. <laughs> we'll actually come back around. There's uh, Boy George has that's, some girlfriends here. That's unfortunate. So. I mean, I think you can take it too far both ways of that spectrum. Yeah. About shouting it from the mountaintops, and that's basically your only identity. Right. And But I'd hate to have a, a loving a family member of mine have to hide under that, that stone. No, that's which true. Boy George 100% dead. Joan Rivers asks asks him on an interview. Yep, and it was news. He answered it probably the best he could at the time. I would think. Oh, both. That's a great answer because, like you said, then the media just goes, and then Joan Rivers is like, ah, because she was expecting a one or the other, and then hit him with some other I guess question. By the time you've got your third gold album, you're on top of everything. You're like, got enough fuck you money to go around for a while. That's true. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Both. Speaking of which, the band's third album, Waking Up with the House on Fire, goes to number two in the UK and reaches number 26 in the US. It was not well received, but still achieved chart success. The first single, The War Song, hit number two in the UK, but further singles were not well received. Yeah, that's not one that I remember hearing. No, me either. Uh, let's see here. Lush then provides vocals uh, to the Band Aid International song, Do They Know It's Christmas? Mm. okay that was a band-aid yep so band-aid is a big musical festival trying to raise money for kids in uh, africa so the single featured mostly british and irish musical acts proceeds of the song were donated to feed famine victims in africa during the 1984-1985 famine in ethiopia yeah my dad's got that album set it's a bunch of albums band-aid okay it's like a brown box of albums oh box set yeah i mean there's it's got to be like an inch there's a bunch of records to it well also on the record, 1985, when asked by Baba Walters, 
Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Can I do that? Baba Waba. <laughs> about his, uh, yeah, when asked by Barbara Walters about his sexual orientation, Lush said he was bisexual and had various girlfriends and boyfriends in the past. Okay. He gave a famous often quote response to an interview uh, question that he always gets. Uh, he said that he preferred, quote, a nice cup of tea to sex. He'd rather have tea than sex? That's what he said. Maybe he's asexual. That could be. That's a thing. Uh, or pan pansexual is a thing. That, there's a lot. Of there's sexual. a lot of sexual. Yeah. 1986, Lush performs a starring cameo role, probably not sexual, on the episode of the TV series Growing Pains. The A Team. He was on the A Team. Dun 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 dun. Yep. He was in the episode titled Cowboy George. Huh. You're uh, gonna look that up, aren't you? Well, I don't know. I'm off the A Team. Why? What? Well, see, you watch some of those old shows today, and they're and they're just so completely terrible. You can't you can't hold up to new uh, cut like the action cutscenes and no, the helicopters and all that. No, I think it's more. It's been in my brain replaying for so many decades now. Oh, that every time I replay these shows in my brain, they I make them better. I make them bigger. I make them. I put them on a pedestal. Well, it was bigger back then, you know, like. Well, and and then you watch it today, and you're like, man, this wasn't that great. MacGyver is good, in, for instance. MacGyver. I thought, I'm going to try MacGyver. Put you in there. Sir, watch MacGyver. I remembered what made me so mad when I was a kid watching MacGyver. All I wanted from MacGyver was an hour long of him tinkering with shit. Oh, no. And putting stuff together. Same yeah. as the A-Team. I yeah. didn't need all the rest of the story. It's true. Just 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 show me the tinkering and making a army tank out of an old red wagon and a and a hamster wheel. I mean, come on. Just. Make it happen. Now you can watch that on the internet. You don't have to have the story or the plot or none of that. You can just watch people make shit. That's called Mythbusters. <laughs> well, yeah, right? They, they had a whole series about it. It's called yeah. Mythbusters. Can we make this? So, I think we can. I'm not going to go back and look. And I'm also kind of mad about the A-Team. They made that movie. You ever seen the movie? The oh, A-Team? absolutely. The new, the newest one with yes. Liam Neeson. Correct. And bro, uh, uh, some other dudes. MMA fighter Rampage Jackson. Yeah. It was awesome. I liked it. I still will watch it. They'll never make a part two. Why? Bradley Cooper's too popular. He'll come down. I don't think so. Let him sing again with Lady Madonna. Yeah. Or Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. Lady Madonna. All right. Lady Madonna. Also, 1986 Culture Club releases their fourth album, From Luxury to Heartache. UK hits number 10. US hits number 32. Features a hit single, Move Away. Now, that one's in my playlist upstairs. When Lush is, uh, he's got an ongoing drug addiction. So what's his drug? It does not specify. I think it's heroin, actually. Yeah, yeah heroin. Probably does the coke. Probably does the drinking. So uh, with Lush's ongoing drug addiction, uh, underwhelming performances on their last two albums. That really sort of screws up the bromance between the band members. And while it is shrouded in secrecy, there's a wrongful death lawsuit sort of coming up with Culture Club, uh, and they ultimately disband. Oh, well, you have to expand, please? <laughs> yeah, no, I know, right? Um, Wrongful death lawsuit? Yeah, there's a drug OD that sort of happens. Um, and so... With one of the band members or somebody that was just... Somebody around? with the band, okay. right. And so they're like, we don't want to bring this up. We're going to... You know what? We're not... He's not doing that good anyway. He's all high on drugs, so let's just split up. You know, they're like, I'm not fired. I quit. 
<laughs> kind of a thing like that. Like before we all go to jail, I'm just, we're just going to quit. And then that way there's no band. And so that guy's not associated with the band, you know? So like, let's get some distance here. So 1986, after dissolving culture club, Lush enters treatment. He's prescribed narcotics for his addiction to heroin. Like and you we get more about. drugs for drugs. Well, right. Well, in the methadone, you get the yeah, heroin yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah. hooked on methadone. Sure. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think methadone kills you like heroin does. No, it doesn't. But now you're hooked on methadone. So go do the, I think there's like a peyote ritual or an MDMA thing. Go do that and then get off the heroin cold turkey, not die. Then you're good. And then you're all right. I would. I think you can get off methadone. That's what Joe Rogan says. No, I don't think you can. I think you're on methadone for life. I, I don't know. I don't know. Homework, everybody. Let us know. <laughs> I, I'd be curious to hear. Any, any, man, I don't know. I don't want to know people doing heroin listening to our podcast. <laughs> That's awkward. All right. Well, maybe they're. Uh, Let's see what happens. Maybe you're well adjusted. 1987, uh, Lush is getting more adjusted because he's got that treatment going. He releases his first solo album. Um, had good success in Europe. <laughs> well, do you think maybe that him coming out or at least acknowledging that he's bisexual maybe hurt him in the United States? I think it may have. Yes. I don't think that that lifestyle was as as, as accepting here. Right. As it was across the pond. Not 1987. No, I think the uh, English were cool with their actors and actresses and entertainers being gay. I think it was a, it's kind of a cultural thing that's, you know, cool over there. I think It's so. fine. Well, the solo album. They're sold, more progressive. The solo album is called Sold, which is a weird name for an album. But the solo album Sold, it spawned UK singles Everything I Own, which reaches number one in the UK. The album's success, however, was not well received in America. This may have been due in part to the fact that Lush was prohibited by the U.S. authorities from traveling to the United States for several years because of the British drug charge that he had. Oh, okay. Well, that, that that absolutely makes sense, too, why it wouldn't be. But you got to promote that stuff. Can't promote the album, right. Yeah. Again, pre-social media, man. You had to actually go tour around wherever you were selling it. Go make stops at the mall, sign posters during the day. Mall tours. Concert, wow. Concerts at night. Yeah. Yeah, you had to go to, you had to, go to uh, what were the big records, FYE? And no, that wasn't one. I'm stuck at Rock and Roll, man, and, and Wyatt Earp. You're right. There were other ones, Tower Records. Yeah, there was some that you had to do. You go sign, you sign records. You get in line, yep. and you take let people take pictures, and bing, bang, boom. Now, it's not all bad, because uh, Lush here scores his first solo U.S. Top 40 hit with the single Live My Life. Hits number 40, so he makes the cut, from the soundtrack of the film Hiding Out. Did you ever see that movie? No, so that was the first song that, Casey Kasem played on Sunday morning, Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, if you were up early enough, you could hear it on Saturday morning. Like, I heard number 40. Like, what are you, farming? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> or how early that's did so you get good. up? Yeah. That's, is it still played? I think it is. I think Ryan Seacrest does it. But yeah, I'll come in around like five or three, you know, <laughs> like I'll catch the last five or three of the day. But you hit number 40. You were up early. Get the get the long distance request. <laughs> <laughs> long distance request. From Tallulah, Kansas. Um, I'm a young man trying to make it in this world. I'm an AI program. And I had to have... I've been <laughs> dead for 30 years. Here's the new number one from <laughs> Kodak Black. Vroom, vroom in a room. Yeah, that's like, what? How are you doing this, Casey? So, uh, no, back to Hiding Out. That was a film. I'm only going to bring this up because it stars Ducky, one of my favorites, John Cryer, as a state witness who disguises himself as a high school student student in order to avoid being killed by the mob. Why'd you bring this? Who's one of your favorite people? John Cryer. 
He's a good. He's, he played Ducky in Pretty in Pink. You you got a thing for this dude? He's a good actor. He's, is he? He's funny. He was the guy in Two and a Half Men who was like the. I know who he is. Why, why are you asking me questions then? Because I know who he is. Oh, not a John Cryer <laughs> fan. I'm part of the town criers, man. Love that no guy. Beef. I got no beef with him. He's fine. Beef him with Cryer? No, I feel beef. I didn't know that he had such a loyal beef. following on the other side of the desk, dude. I'm telling you, get a room, John Cryer. I mean, I think you know. I think I got a shot with Britney Spears. I think you got a shot with John Cryer. That I can make happen. <laughs> I almost did Britney Spears again. It's funny you bring that up. <laughs> Almost do her every time before I see you, and I'm like, uh, not today. I'm not, glad not, you not wiped the today. keyboard off at least. Yeah. <laughs> 1989, Hi Hat comes out. Hi Hat scores a U.S. top five R&B hit on that album called Don't Take My Mind on a Trip. Don't take my mind That's my on hat. a trip. I know. you're doing. I was doing the words. You're doing the hi hats. Great. Uh, Lush's next single in the U.K. is called No Claws 28. You want the Emilio Pasquale Space Face full remix version if you listen to that. I got it. It's um, queued up in my iTunes. Uh, then you know it's a protest song about the legal provisions banning local authorities from promoting homosexuality. Yeah. Well, good. Okay. The song is an underground acid house hit, which is where Ben listens to it in the acid houses all around London. Are those like uh, opium dens? Yeah, that's the way I took it. It actually had a link, and that's pretty much what it said. It was like a house where the drugs are taken. Acid. I think it's acid. Not asses houses. No, acid. LSD. Yeah. Lie something, die something, size. There's a chemical LSD. Yeah, it's a chemical. There you go. Yeah. 1989, Lieutenant Lush forms his own record label, More Protein, and begins recording under the name Jesus Loves. Oh, Sorry. Recording under the name Jesus Loves You and writing under the pseudonym Angela Dust, a word play on Angel Dust. Jesus, that was his, he changed his name on the, to Jesus Loves You? No, the record company, the record label is called Jesus Loves You. Oh, okay. J-L-Y, if you're out of there. So he's just trying to make a name again. Well, now if we read into it a little bit, I think he's creating a platform for people more of his orientation because they're under underrepresented or like we discussed hiding in the industry. No, and no. so I think now he's making safe spaces. So there you go. And uh, he does a lot of drugs. So he calls himself a- Angela dust <laughs> and he's big time into angel. Dust. He really seems to like it. Is that PCP or what is it? What is that? I think it is. I think so too. Early 1990, he releases several underground hits in uh, the singles after love generations of love and bow down, Mr. The last one gives him a UK top 30 hit in 1991. All right. Well, he's still sort of on the fringe of popularity. Dude, top yeah. 30. Yep. Yeah, well, that's good, but where he came from. You oh, think, yeah, no. Well, you know, when you hit a home run first time you bat, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Well, the first two times they bat. I mean, those first two are right. huge. So then third one wasn't bad, but then it just went on a big decline. I think that's pretty n- normal for most record, you know, our uh, artists, musicians, and bands. Usually you get caught in the sophomore slump, they say. You know, that, that was that it. That second album. So, But his was the third because he had that drug conviction, so he couldn't tour in the U.S., but still big in U.K. I think, I, mean? I think the image that he portrayed during his height, also the culture of our world moved on to something different, and he was still Boy George. It's true. And he was probably still trying to rock those long trench coats and scarves tied around his neck, his head and yes and and powder his face white you know i mean it was kind of that image was gone we're on to something different 
Yes. And and this is in what year? 1991. 1991. So enter grunge. Well, it did not. <laughs> that's very true, actually. I didn't put that together in the research, but uh, boy, speaking of something different. Boy, ni- George. Boy, George. Speaking of something different, 1992, uh, Lieutenant Lush has a major US and UK hit with the song, The Crying Game, from the soundtrack from the movie, The Crying Game. Is that the song? I've never, I've never seen the movie. Yeah, I believe so. I remember where I was at when somebody told me about the movie's topic and the the what? oh the big reveal yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's. I was at the corner of River Road and <laughs> Elms Road. I see. Right over there by by Matt's old house. Yep. And I I don't recall who was telling me about this. I was like. Eh. <laughs> I don't want to watch that movie at all. <laughs> wow. I'm not watching that movie. I tell you. What? Have you seen Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? I know. Same story. <laughs> not even kidding. It's the exact same plot. Everything's the exact same. Watch Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Crying Game. Same but story. Didn't, didn't, uh, I don't even want to do it. <laughs> Probably wise. Probably wise. The film becomes a surprise hit and the single reaches number 15 in the U.S., who was the chick? Wasn't there a chick in there? Not Demi Moore. No, what? No, this would Ventura. be. <laughs> Who this... was the girl in the crying game? Wasn't or oh, the I don't actress? remember. I have no idea. Right. I, I don't I mean, recall. It's been spoofed a lot. Since oh yeah. It came out. yeah. Oh for sure. So yeah. I, I kind of got the. I got the. You get the joke. The highlights. The yeah. high points of what the movie is. See. All right. This would be uh, Lush's biggest hit in the U.S. since Culture Club's Move Away. It reaches U.S. top 20 six years. Oh, God, that's a stupid fact. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> Not worried. This would be Lush's biggest U.S. hit since Culture Club. There you go. Uh, he also enjoyed his second career as a notable music DJ. Look out, Paris Hilton. <laughs> his first gig as a DJ is at Philip Salon New Nightclub Planets, located in London's Piccadilly region. So- when we say DJ and we reference Paris Hilton and she's Boy the most George, highly paid DJ right. on the planet. But was she the one like just up in the booth, just dancing like, woo, or was she touching buttons? Yes. Is it? Well, that's the spectrum, right? Are you Paris Hilton or are you Steve Aoki? I mean, what kind of DJ are you? Do you turn the knobs or do you just sort of dance? Well, I mean, that's what she was doing. She'll, she's just a, she's just a, She's just a dancer to be popular. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's a social media celebrity, I guess. Socialite. Discount, but I I feel like maybe he had a chance he could know how the record player works. See our Paris Hilton episode. Paris Hilton, famous for being famous. Yeah, like us. That's a good gig if you can get it. No, I work at this shit. I mean, this takes hours of my day. Jesus. (laughs) Hours of your day. Well, it does. I know it does, but not every day. No, definitely not every day. It'd be way better if I worked on this daily. Sorry, guys. Um, let's see here. The London nightclub Ministry of Sound hires him to uh, compile one of their first CDs as like a DJ guy, and it promptly sells 100,000 copies. So right. he knows his music. He's still making his way in the world today. It takes everything he got. He is. And uh, what better way to make your world? Uh, 1993, Lush is featured on the PM Dawn single, More Than Likely, which becomes a moderate hit in the U.S. and the U.K. He's settled into that nice, meaty, moderate region of the fame. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. You don't want to be at the peaks of the bell curve. You want to be right in the middle, man. That's where right all the money that, is. Right in that meaty part. 1995, Lush releases a rock-driven album, Cheapness and Beauty. How to do? 
Well, the single, same thing in reverse, becomes a minor hit in the U.S. Okay. In the 1995 autobiography, Take It Like a Man, Lush states that he's actually gay, not bisexual, and that he had a secret relationship with punk rock singer Kirk Brandon and Culture Club drummer John Moss. That was that was in his book? That was in his autobiography, yes. And what was his, uh, the name of that book? Take It Like a Man. Huh. And he knew that he was coming out. I mean, I guess he's already out. Because I guess back then it was, people viewed it very differently. Whether yes. you came out as bisexual. Right. Or gay. Right. And I don't know what one people viewed as better or worse or whatever. Today no. it's, I don't know, it's le- le- less today. Yeah, no. You don't even think about it that much. You weren't straight, but so people he, were like, whoa. But back then, I mean, he knew it was going to create some headlines, so he probably picked that name. He seems to, to like, know these things, right? Let's sell some books, people. Exactly. Do you think that's why the uh, band, one of the reasons that band might have broke up? Sell some more. No, those two dudes weren't getting along. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, if you're in a relationship, yeah, that's yeah. that's a hardworking gig to be in a band with someone you're in a relationship well, with. Especially since you're out there touring and you're seeing a billion people, you're having fun, you're coming off those high highs of being on the stage. It's true. You know, groupies, whatever. I mean, you don't, you can be married to a rock star. I just don't think it's in your best interest if you want to stay married to know what they're <laughs> doing on tour. No. I mean, no. I bet there's some rock stars' wives that would agree with that. Well, we get some insight because uh, Lush here says many of the songs he wrote for Culture Club were actually about his relationship with John Moss. Oh, that's cute. Come, 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 chameleon. I don't know what that means, but. You, you come, come and, go. and go. You come and go. Come whoa. And go. Oh, whoa, whoa. All right. Yeah, that's sweet. July 1998, uh, the Reunited Culture Club performs three dates in Monte Carlo and then joins them uh, and the Human League and Howard Jones in the Big Rewind Tour for the U.S. Did Is that the one you went to? Uh, I don't think I did. Maybe. I might have been at the no, Rewind Tour. No, with Debbie tour. Gibson. And... Oh, no, that was New Kids <laughs> on the Block, man. That was NKOTB. My wife is super bummed now because they've apparently canceled their whole cruise line and the new kids on the black cruise is postponed. Yeah, it's gonna be a while until they put boats back out there on the water, all full of people, <laughs> isn't it? You think so? Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, let's see here. After the rewind tour, the big rewind tour, that following month, the band appeared on the Late Show with David Letterman, makes an appearance in Britain, which is the first time in fourteen years that he was on TV. Yep, in Britain. Well, as Culture Club. Oh, yeah, as a reunited. Okay, well, as anywhere, yeah. So once you're reunited, 1999, the new Culture Club, they put out an album, Don't Mind If I Do. I I question names of albums. Not just because you put your inflection on them, which is brilliant, but (laughs) Don't Mind If I Do. I guess... Uh, that's a weird name. Don't mind if I do. Uh, well, here's another uh, album name. In 2002, Lush releases uh, You Can Never Be Too Straight, an unplugged collection of rare or lesser-known acoustic songs. It contains unreleased tracks from previous years as well as some ballads from the Cheapness and Beauty album and the Culture Club album Don't Mind If I Do. See, I I know this isn't probably the answer any old rocker wants to hear at this point in his life. Why but, are you looking at me? You're looking at me. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, I was no, like, no, what? No. Just, just, just play stuff from the first two albums, please. Oh, just, yeah. Just do that. We'll right. give you a ton of money. Just play Taking Care of Business. Yeah, that's all we want to hear. Just the chorus. <laughs> Taking care of business. Yeah. Every day. I mean, you know, Zeppelin got sick of hearing, yep. stairway to heaven. Stairway. They'll still play it today? Every time. Yeah. 
Greta Van Vliet plays it every time. <laughs> so, uh, no, this album actually receives the best reviews of Lush's solo career. So, like, this is the one. They're oh. like, oh, I like the old stuff. I thought this was where he was back together with the band. No, no, no. That was a different one. That was the album Don't Mind If I Do. In 2002, he releases You Can Never Be Too Straight, a gotcha. solo album. So he he, he did the, the reunion thing. Yep, yep. And he's like, good job, boys. And then I'm going to keep doing this thing. Thanks, Thanks for bringing attention to me thanks again. Thanks for giving me a boost. <laughs> thanks, fellas. Appreciate that. Uh, yes, so in 2002 to 2004, under the pseudonym The Twin, as we hinted at earlier, uh, Lush here experiments with Electronica, releases a limited edition 7-inch singles, so low records, and some other promo records. There's a 13-track album, Yum Yum, and then the album was a collection of cover songs by like Jefferson Airplane and David Bowie and Lennon, Dusty Springfield, that dude from T-Rex again. He puts those all together on an album called Yum Yum, releases that. It's all sort of electronic. It's kind of neat. I mean, I would listen to it again. You ever had good Yum Yum sauce? Like at a, 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 yum, a yum Japanese sauce. bistro, like a Japanese... No, honestly, I haven't. I just had some zip sauce the other day at a weird hotel restaurant where they converted the hotel rooms into restaurants, but... No yum yum sauce. Yum yum sauce. Yeah, it's it's good. I've had it at the restaurant. It's really good. What is and it the, made of? It's kind of I think a mayo based thing. It's it's oh. it's pinkish, weird peachish color. You're selling me. That's it. Good. Tastes good. I bought a big bottle of it. Is from it my yummy? House. I feel like it's yummy. And it's not the same. It's not the same. I tried to make my own yum yum sauce as a you know, from a recipe. I, I I not did not nail it. I've I have figured out how to make restaurant ranch. That's really good. Gotcha. Uh, what's your secret to restaurant ranch? Um, we're on the radio, Brian. We can't tell the secrets. Oh, Actually, yeah, no. no. This is, this is beep. easy. Just, we'll just beep it out right here. Go get the Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> Go get the Hidden Valley Ranch. Um, that powder. packet? That, yep. not, not the packet. I get kind of like a big tub of it, like a five ounce. Oh, it's in shaker bottles yeah, now. You can yeah. just, yeah, You okay. get that. You look on the back of it. There's a recipe follow it <laughs> it's so good but wow. you gotta use you have to use um you have to use hellman's mayonnaise or heavy mayonnaise can't use miracle Whip. can't use any of that light stuff it's got to be heavy mayo right i mean if you want it to be legit heavy mayo and buttermilk not the reduced fat it has to be the fat fat yeah Double no fat. that's it's okay ranch. if you're on a diet you get zero ranch no right if you want ranch you gotta you gotta go big low fat's bullshit though i'll just tell everybody that and fat-free, that's a bunch of fucking bullshit, so don't buy into it. Nah, I don't, look at me, Brian. I have not bought into that. Doesn't matter. That so, train has came and left the building. No, when they took fat out of the diet, they replaced it with sugar, and that's why we look like this. Huh. Well, I, that's why I, I think I, fat and sugar may be why I look whatever. like this. But you go to look at them Italians and them French people. They're eating full butter, full fat all the time. They're skinny. All right. Well, not all of them, but okay. Americans. Well, anyway, uh, much like Americans struggling with food, since the late 80s, Lush has been struggling with heroin addiction. So okay, you're right. That's heroin. He's got some issues there. Oh, yeah. uh, he attempted to perform some concerts back in the day. These are basically things that are coming out now. Um, he attempted to perform concerts under the influence. They weren't so well. Addictions to other drugs sort of followed up. And determined to save his life, his younger brother David makes an appearance on UK national television, calls him out on his drug habit. 
He's like, uh, well, uh, what? What are you talking about? My brother David said what? He's like, he said you're addicted to heroin. and uh, Like an intervention. Yeah, right? Like public shaming is really what it was. I had to get that, so. That's that Catholic-Irish side coming out on him oh, right yeah. there. Nope. Oh, okay. Lush is still doing this, huh? Little Georgie doesn't want to admit to things. All right, buddy. Hey, uh, my brother's a heroin addict. Just going to leave this here. And I'm wondering if right before what? He, he brought that out, he was kind of in trouble for something first. Oh, yeah, he probably... And then he threw his brother under the bus. Gypped him at, like, family Christmas or something. His brother's like, oh, yeah, give me the bullshit $10 present. He's a drug addict! <laughs> Mom! What? Uh, yeah, his brother outs him on national television for drugs, not for the right. other things. 1986, keyboardist Michael Rudetsky, who co-wrote the song Sexuality on Culture Club's From Luxury to Heartache album, is found dead of a heroin overdose. Uh, in Lush's London home. Okay, is with with them or just at his house? Just today? at his house, dead. At his house, dead. Okay. Yeah. So he goes out to do something. They come back and like, oh my god, Michael's dead. <laughs> Actual audio of the person that found Michael. <laughs> yeah, they had a ring. They had a ring cam. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. I don't want to laugh at this man's death. Michael is dead. Uh, Lush would lose another friend, uh, Mark Voltier, uh, who overdosed on methadone and Valium at the at a party. I thought methadone you couldn't. I don't know. We just, well, we, if we've you, already acknowledged it, we don't know. If you mix it with Valium, I think you can overdose on anything. So in December 1986, yet another friend, Mark Golding, he dies of an overdose. This one, Scotland Yard Police, uh, they're out investigating. They say there is no suggestion of foul play. Um, it is during this period of time that Lush decides to seek treatment for his addiction sort of permanently. He's going to make a, a, a so, clean break, change so his life. So they got Scotland Yard involved in this? Yeah, man. Well, dude. Because people just kept dropping off the face of the earth and dying? Around this guy's orbit, yeah. So if you're hanging out with me and three people have died the last couple of weeks hanging out with me. So, folks, if. Going to start looking at you. If all of a sudden I disappear. No, 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 no. If no, all of a sudden I disappear. Don't look at me. Brian is to blame, okay? Oh if all of a sudden you don't hear from me anymore, it's Brian's fault. I mean, maybe. I'm just going to say the first person you want to question is Brian. Wow. All right. This is why I record all of our interactions. <laughs> Much like we recorded all of our songs from my high school band, we're going to take a break. Enjoy the musical stylings of 21 Days. And stripes just ain't your style. Ben and Brian has your story of shame. Did you do the crime? Did you pay the time? Crime and music has your file. And we're back to finish an episode uh, on the computer that we found from a year ago. Yeah, so to all of our listeners, this is all new to us. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're doing the second half of the Boy, Boy George Lieutenant a year Lush. later. That's right. I love so, it. So what, did you have a problem with your beer there, Brian? I did. I, I, I cracked open a cherry bomb from Austin Brothers Brewery uh, in Alpena here, local Michigan brewery. Uh, not local to me, but local to Michigan. And okay, all these napkins are attached together. Now it's like I'm a clown pulling out a handkerchief. What is happening? Wow. We just started. It might sound like we 
are halfway through an episode, but nope, just started. So we're back and we are talking about Boy George, as you said, Lieutenant Lush. And uh, as we had left it, he had just had a bunch. You have something going on in the background there, Ben. You want to share with the listener? (laughs) Guys, I'm sorry. It ain't going to stop. There's nothing I can do. It's my cat. And the cat has a mind of its own. And just It's fine. Nobody's hurting the cat. He just walks around the house meowing sometimes. He's been fed. He's happy. He's got a litter box. He went outside a little bit. He just, he, it's just communicating. He just wants to be part. We're, hey, we're pet friendly on this show. That's, yeah. That's, we're yeah, definitely a pet friendly show. So. Two sleeping dogs here on the couch and a cat. Right. I got a golden retriever puppy at my feet. So there we go. All right. So if you're listening with your pets, let us know at all the social medias. Mm hmm. So music. Let's catch us up on bro- uh, little boy George. All right. Lieutenant Lush here. The last time we left the guy, uh, he was being checked out by Scotland Yard because people had a tendency of dying around him. I don't know if you remember that. There's a couple mm-hmm. of drug ODs and people kept dying, so they checked him out, figured out he was okay, and uh, that's kind of where we left it. That was around 2005. So we're going to pick up there in 2005. Uh, Lush releases Straight, the second album off of his autobiography. Uh, Lieutenant Lush uh, also has his own fashion line right here. He's got it for years. It's called Be Rude. That's like what they called me in high school. Be Rude was shown at fashion shows in London, New York, and Moscow. So what year was that? 2005. Okay. I don't remember that that line of clothing. No, you like, weren't wearing the Be Rude? No. The last like cool clothing I think I bought when I was young was a Jerbo jeans. Remember Jerbo? I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I couldn't afford to buy those. Those were so expensive. Like like Jerbo and some Tommy Hilfiger sweater. Oh my God, and dude. Yeah. So I, I, I did Tommy. I did. I, I think I had one Jerbo jean pegged, you know, pegged pants. I never got into polo, to. though. I never got too much. I like chum. polo. Uh, the polo. Eh, remind me of one of our kids, Jeff. And that guy was so popular back when we were going to like grade school because he wore polo all the time and bass shoes all the time. That's true. All right. So, little boy George, L- Lane Cat, what do we call him? Lieutenant Lush. Lush. Yeah, he's Lieutenant Lush. Yeah. He's got a fashion line. Well, he's also got himself in trouble because on October 7th, 2005, uh, he's arrested in Manhattan on suspicion of cocaine possession and falsely reporting a burglary. What's that mean? Well, he's arrested um, for possessing drugs and making a flake, uh, making a fake police report after calling 911 early on a Friday. Um, he claimed his home had been burglarized around 3 a.m. Friday, and so he called the cops. So officers arrive at his Manhattan apartment, and they discover a small amount of cocaine next to his computer. It's like, hey, it doesn't look like anyone broke in, but what's what's up? Uh, what's up there by the laptop, there, buddy? So he called the cops, let him in the door. And they find some blow on the table, huh? Well, it's, yeah, it gets worse because there's a lady in the apartment and she was like, hey, there's more cocaine around there. And the police would continue their investigation. So, uh, whoa, Lush- whoa, whoa, whoa. Some lady with now, now one of his friends is pointing it out? <laughs> yeah, man. She's like, hey, there's more here. Go around there. There's a whole bag. It's not well planned. Not no, well planned at all. No, I don't know that the 911 call was the best idea, but. Yeah, try not to call the cops on yourself unless you need like help, I guess. Yeah, or 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 put the illegal drugs away real quick. But right, he was he thought he was being burgled, so he called the cops, and then he denies that the drugs were his. 
um, in his house. In, well, correct. In court, February 1st, 2006, the cocaine possession charges are dropped. So maybe they were that ladies. That's why she was like, he's got drugs. They're not mine. They're playing the blame game there and the cops showed up. Uh, Lush pleads guilty to a count of third degree false reporting of an incident. And he said uh, he was relieved and happy with the outcome. He's sentenced to five days of community service. He's fined $1,000 in order to attend a drug rehab program for his problem. And um, on June 17th, 2006, a Manhattan judge issues a warrant for his arrest because issues in a warrant arrest for Lieutenant Lush after he fails to appear in court for a hearing on why Lieutenant Lush wanted to change his sentence for the false burglary report. So like he was trying to get some paperwork things done and he just blew off a court date. Um, the attorney for Lush informs the court that he had advised Lush not to appear at the hearing. So the lawyers are like, he's not here because we told him not to appear. That's a bad lawyering. That's bad, <laughs> terrible lawyering. I feel like it's those people who are like, no, you only suckers pay their taxes by uh, the deadline. You ask for an extension. Like, oh, yeah. If you sign your taxes in blue ink, then it doesn't count. <laughs> I'm legally, your lawyer. Legally. On August 14th, 2006, <clears throat> and just so you guys all know, these are all in British dates, so it's 14 August 2006. I've been switching them just so to make it easier for yeah, our it's, uh, it's, it's U.S.-based Yeah, it's day, office. month, year instead of... correct. Month, day, month, year. day, year. Right, right. yeah. I like theirs so. better. I think it makes more sense. Okay, 14 August 2006, Lush reports to the New York's uh, Department of Sanitation for his court-ordered community service. So he's down there at the Department of Public Works. So they're going to put an orange like jumpsuit on him <laughs> and make him... Didn't he do a video with a jumpsuit on? As a result of the swarming media coverage, he is allowed to finish his community service inside the sanitation department grounds. Maybe that's where he got the idea. But yeah, they originally thought he was going to be out like picking up trash, picking like the dance, picking up trash. And uh, see, no. what there comes too to many mind. people, too many, too many cameras, paparazzis, and all that TMZ shit. So I mean, what it, comes to mind when you're out like picking up trash uh, as community service? I'm looking for one implement, Brian. What do you? Oh, what? <laughs> with the stick? You got the poke, poking stick? The, the poker stick. You got to have a poker stick, good quality poker stick, or else what are you doing? Is, I mean, is that still used? Is I it, think I, that's the most efficient way. Actually, what I've seen is I've seen the claw. The they claw, have, uh, right, yeah. Yeah, they have the claw now, because yeah, poker I stick, get, sometimes you can't poke it. I want to get one of those for my lawnmower. When you can't poke it, you got to claw at it. Yeah, right, you got to pinch it. You got to pinch it sometimes. Pinch. If you pinch, can't, don't before poke. you poke, you got to pinch. Pinch. Always. It's 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 the it's the it's the pinch and then the poke. That's just a life lesson. Pinch and, and then poke. the pull out. Poke, pinch and a poke and a pull out. Get you real far in this world. <laughs> you can pull out all these situations. Like I don't even need to be there. Got myself in a pinch. Poked my head around the corner. Pulled out of there right there. I was gone. That's what that means. All right. So uh, he yeah because like you said you can't have Boy George walking around in an orange <clears throat> vest with a pokey stick. Um, all the media was there, so they're like, come inside, and I don't know, he probably crushed cans or something, or sorted garbage, because nobody sorts their recycling. I mean, they just all put it in one, and somebody's got to be like, you can't recycle this foam. So he maybe he's pulling foam out of the recycling cardboard. or Yeah, you're not supposed to recycle plastic bags. There's a lot of rules yeah, to no, recycling right? these days. Wish it's cycling. Very complicated. There you go. 2007, two Electronica dance collaborations are released in limited edition uh, because people like it. So you got to keep it for yourself, keep it for the masses, and let them fight over it. Uh, 25 February 2007, 
Lush is a special guest DJ at LGBT nightclub, the Court Hotel in Perth, Australia. So now he's making the rounds uh, doing this DJ gig with the electronic. What was the name of the nightclub? That is the Court Hotel in Perth, Australia, LGBT nightclub spot. Well, where was the plus? Was that before the plus? This is actually before the plus. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Again, this uh, this is from uh, like a year ago. So, uh, or, or well, I don't even know. This is a British reference right here because of the date. So, well, I'd like to I'd like to re reopen this can of worms. We've already done this, dude. You I, you have reinvented the whole alphabet thing that they have, and just Ben right. just says it should just be plus. Plus. I, I I'm seriously like that male, is male female good... plus. That is a good marketing. That's a great it's way. A good, it's a great solution, actually. It's it really less. Is. It's less of a mouthful. It is. Well, it's all also inclusive. inclusive. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. You're not exclusive Heck with yeah. the plus. You can when when you are the plus, you don't need to worry about adding more. You can always add more. Everybody's included. Everybody. Everybody. Every bow body. Exactly. All right. I like it. Plus, I, I'm. I'm 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 behind this. I think that's what it should be. It makes me feel happy and warm and good inside. Man, we got to get you on like nuclear semiotics next. You're good at this. What's that mean? Uh, it's making symbols so that people know where the nuclear waste is buried like a thousand or 10,000 years from now when the language we speak is not going to be the same or the symbols we use don't mean the same thing. I so think skull and crossbones will be around then still because we'll still have skull and crossbones, <laughs> which represent death. I mean. Yeah. That's kind of a universal language of death. Yeah, but I mean, radiation has a bit more of a sphere or an orbit, so to speak, uh, of of death as opposed to like, look at this sign. You can't just, you know, and signs aren't going to last forever. You know what I mean? Well, you got to stop sign that's going to last for 10,000 years. Right. I'll be dead. Who cares? Hey, sweet job. What are you, a boomer now? Sure, there's going to be enough trees on the earth until I die. Well, that was the thing too, is they were going to paint these or plant these, um, photo phosphoric, whatever they're basically, they're glowing trees. And like, that was supposed to ward people off. But then they're like, you know, that might attract some people to come see the forest of glowing trees. <laughs> like, Hey, it's beautiful. We can set up here. We can work all through the night in this village. It's great. But then they all die by the time they're uh, 30. So. And if you set your food by that rock over there. It cooks it. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, right. So uh, the best they've come up with so far is a council, like a like a religion of priests that would be like the nuclear priests that would just pass down the knowledge age to age, like the fifth element style, basically. But anyway, let's not get stuck on this. But so people, <laughs> uh, and just for reference sake, <laughs> nuclear semiotics, you need no training or any type of advanced degree whatsoever in symbology or iconography. You need none of it. You just need a good solution that, that works and you could submit yourself to the uh, nuclear, nuclear Regulatory Commission, make a lot of money. Yeah. Look into it. Just use emojis. It, it's the universal language. Forever and Dude, ever. Dude, can you? Yeah, all right. It's just hieroglyphics are just emojis. So we're, we've it's a circle. It's a revolution. It keeps coming around in your face. In your face. Have we done them all now? <laughs> okay, so he's going around getting in people's faces as a DJ. Uh, March fourth, two thousand and seven. He performs as a DJ at the Horton Pavilion in Sydney for the Mardi Gras Festival. That's awesome. In Sydney. In Sydney. Yeah, he's making his rounds as an Australian DJ. They do Mardi Gras over there. Everybody does Mardi Gras, man. Really? Yeah, it's a day of the year. But I feel like well, it's... Well, like a two-week celebration if you live in Brazil. I mean, not everybody Carnival. celebrates Thanksgiving. That's kind of an American holiday. No. You know what the most universally celebrated holiday is throughout the world? 
Oh, do you know this? I do actually. So I, do I can know take this. a guess. You can have. You can take three guesses if you want. I mean, it's like we're back on that. This is going to be a longer episode, everyone. Just so you know. Oh, so yeah, it's I like two episodes it. in one. I won't get this. Um, it, you it's, might. It's, it's not but it's Christmas. Not, it's, I mean, it's not like a day. I mean, it's not. It's not the same day everywhere it's celebrated. That's my one hint. I'll oh, tell you. New Year's. No, dude. What do you mean? No. no, everybody celebrates New Year's, including the Chinese New Year's. That's a different day. No, there's like probably like what maybe less than ten different sects or groupings of people that celebrate a earthly New Year. Disagree. So, Disagree. Well, okay. Okay. Let's see. Your druids. I, I, I want to uh, know what you druids. say is bigger. It's the largest, most uh, recognized celebrated holiday is from like sixty different countries, and it's when they in- announced independence from Britain. That's the most. That's the largest group Earth holiday. But it's all different days because, like, India, and Pakistan, right. and you know, like all this, America, Canada. All right, well, I think all right listeners, I want to hear Team Ben and Team Brian. <laughs> Dude, it I know this. It ain't that. Uh, okay. It ain't that. It ain't that. I'm the guy who looks up the facts. I, I, okay, that's fine. You do your thing. It can't Back me be up, people. That. Back me up, people. I can't. 2000. It's going to Google be. it later. Talking about going around Australia and the world, 2007, Lush tours as a DJ. So he broke his uh, his, his teeth, cut his teeth, cut his teeth, he didn't break his teeth. Yeah, he got curb stomped. He, he cut his teeth uh, over <laughs> in Australia. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, everybody uh-huh. says that. Everybody just gets that shiver on there. I mean, Broken teeth are bad. Right. Um, he's performed in Dubai, the UAE, 2007. He tours the world. He visits all these venues, locations such as Stuttgart, Rotterdam, Auckland, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Dubai, Montreal, Toronto, London, Blackpool, Coventry, Munich, Lyon, Paris, Rio de Janeiro, Brussels, and Moscow. Dude, that's a legit world tour. That right is there. a, yeah. But you know what's weirdly missing, conspicuously gone off that list? Uh, England. Oh, the, the, no, no well, I did US. say London. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, let's see. Stuttgart, Rotterdam. We have a London. There's a London, Michigan, I'm pretty sure. Well, there's a London, Ontario. Well, there is that too. There's a Toronto. He was in Toronto. Yeah, but that's close to the United States, but he never, he was he exiled? Okay, now we talked about going around the world, uh, and and you'd mentioned Cuba, but he didn't make it to Cuba, unfortunately. So that ended the world tour. April 2008, the Biography Channel features a documentary on the life of Boy George. The the what channel? The Biography Channel. Oh, I thought you said the Documentary Channel. I'm like, I don't know that one. Don't know that (laughs) one. It's called Netflix. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) The Documentary (laughs) Channel. August 2008, Lieutenant Lush participates in RetroFest. It's held in Scotland. Uh, it's where you kind of take it back to the 80s. And so, RetroFest, that sounds fun. Another DJ thing. In Scotland? Yeah. Everybody wearing the, kilts. They have fun there? I think they have fun there when the couple, two days or three days, it's, it, there's sunshine. All right. I mean, I want to visit there. I don't know. I don't want to live there. October, November 2008, uh, a 30-day UK tour takes place, so he goes on tour again. December 5th, 2008, Lush is convicted in a Snaresbrook Crown Court, London, um, for the April 2007 assault, false imprisonment of a guy named Auden Carlson. 
Now, uh, what happened was this Norwegian model and male escort, he initially stood for these photos um, for with Lush, right? Lush is like, hey, I need a model. I need somebody to take some pictures of and this, this big Norwegian fella, Odin, um, comes over. Uh, but o- on their Odin next meeting, or Odin? A-U-D-U-N. Oh, Odd. Oh, right. It's not O. It's not O. Odin. It's not like the God of Thunder. Oh, God of Thunder. <clears throat> um, okay, so uh, he meets he meets Lieutenant Odin, comes over to Lush's apartment, he meets him. Lush handcuffs him to the wall. He's got like these fixtures all hooked to the wall, like probably BDSM stuff. And he starts beating him with a metal chain. So yes, it's BDSM. The cat gets it. It's like, that's going to hurt. Oh, yeah, that was um, the cat. <laughs> so Odin, 29... Um, he said O'Dowd swung a metal chain at him. It gets worse, Katie. He swung a metal chain at him when he got loose and he fled the apartment. So like, oh shit, he came free and, uh, let me get him. So he's chasing him down, swinging this, this chain at him. Dude's naked for the photo shoot. And he's, he's running out the hallways yet. And believe it or not, cat, that's the truth. O'Dowd. <laughs> There's nothing for- I can do about this. No, we're doing great. He's participating. Um, O'Dowd is 46. And again, uh, Odin is 29. Um, he admits he restrained Carlson with handcuffs while trying to, to figure out if Carlson had tampered with his computer. And he's like, hey, man, I, I know I was taking pictures of him, but uh, the singer said that he believed Carlson previously removed photos of, of himself that uh, Lush had took. And he's like, that's my property, right? So his defense um, presented the effects of the long-term drug use um, because they go to court. And he's like, uh, you know what? He thought he was like stealing from him and the guy used a lot of drugs. So, I mean, eh. So they use the good old fashioned, I was wasted. I don't know what happened, excuse. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's I not chained my a fault. man to my I wall. I was drunk. There's a naked Norwegian chained to my wall for photos. And uh, he got loose. And I was like, oh, he ran him down. And then somehow he got to my computer and was stealing photos, allegedly. And so I figured, <laughs> beat him with this chain. And so, you know, I do a lot of drugs. Oh, I don't oh know. you do drugs? Case closed. You're fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're fine. All right. So January 16th, 2009, Lush is sentenced to 15 months imprisonment. Um, he is initially incarcerated at HM Prison, Pentonville in London, uh, but then he gets transferred to HM Prison in High Point North in Suffolk, England. I assume one is probably nicer than the other, but I couldn't tell you which. If you know, let us know. Uh, May 11, 2009, he's given early release after four months for good behavior. So he's at least a good citizen. He's required to wear an anklet there, one of those ankle monitors, which as we know from TK, you can just cut those off and uh, submit to a curfew. If you haven't listened to our TK 47 episode, go check that out. We get in deep on ankle monitors and uh, <laughs> how to write albums when you cut them off and run from the cops. So Lush missed an opportunity. Uh, <laughs> well, they didn't have TikTok back then. so That's true. Yeah, who knew? He's got his ankle monitor. He's got to submit to a curfew um, for the rest of the time in the sentence. Uh, that's pretty much how that wraps up. December 23rd, 2009, he is requested to appear in the final series of Celebrity Big Brother England. What do you mean? You know he's that was a TV requested. show. He's just, they want him to do it? They want him to do it. They're like, this guy is the guy. We need, we need this guy. Well, I mean, he's got some cachet still. He's still today. Well, yeah. And technically, he's still on release or like licensed on release from prison so from that other assault earlier with the naked norwegian guy well honestly like, if you, this is the guy we want if you are under house arrest what better thing to do than be on big brother big brother no I, yeah, yeah. House. he's have, still there yeah i no, have uh, two very powerful entities making me stay here <laughs> 
47 cameras on the man at all times with night vision and, and lasers. Not yeah, only no, that's a- is Scotland Yard keeping an eye on me, but the BBC's got an eye on me too. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Now that I, now that we talk this out, this might be the best thing for like habitual serial uh, uh, celebrity criminals. Put them on Big Brother, a drug rehab program going. Because I mean, you are on the you, you have What's the other one, Survivor. You have cameras in the toilet. Well, on Survivor, there's nothing. You're on an island. <laughs> there's nothing there. There's no drugs for you to get. You can snort like ants. Yeah, see, the cat gets it. <laughs> Okay. He's uh, just so, sitting there meowing at me like he knows we're talking about him. He's a boy he's a boy George fan. Like, his name is stop talking his about first Lush. name is the same as Boy George's first name. Boy. Boy. Anyway, so Lush is down for this uh reality TV show thing, but it's down to his probation service. So Richard Clayton, QC, don't know what that means, represents uh the probation service. He said that Lush's participation would pose, quote, a high level of risk to the service's reputation. So they're like, the probation service of England can't have him on a TV show and be on probation. That that doesn't look good for us. Why? I, I disagree. I don't think they just heard our rant about how Big Brother is going to be, how we stop celebrity uh, criminal revisitism. Yeah, I think that's the best thing for him. Dude. They should all be sentenced to that. Uh, Clayton argues that if he used uh, the show to promote his status as a celebrity to earn, quote, a lucrative sum of money, it could undermine the public confidence in the criminal justice system. I can break the law, go on reality TV. This is our whole entire show. I'm not going to continue reading this. Okay. All from a dude <laughs> with a powdered wig. Right. All right. Easy. Yeah, right. You're in contempt of court. Moving on, in 2009, uh, Lush signs a new record deal, subsequently releasing the uh, album Ordinary Alien, The Kinky Rollin' Files, in the uh, autumn of 2010. That was the subtitle? That was like the second, the Kinky Autumn Files? <laughs> the Kinky Rollin' Files. Hmm. I right. assume it's referring to the Rollin' keyboard. It's kind of like a Hammond B3, but some people like the Rollin' sound instead. You're, 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 you're talking about my pay grade. Well, there you go. Uh, August 19th, 2013, we're getting closer here. It's announced that Lush would release his new studio album of original material, This Is What I Do. Put a lot of thought in that name. (laughs) His first album in 18 years. This is what I've been doing. This is what I do. This is what I do. January 2016, Lush joins the fifth series of The Voice UK. He replaces Tom Jones. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I love that song. (laughs) We've already talked about that comedian that put that on replay for like 20 songs one time at the diner. Dude, that's that's what you do. Just load up your... What's up, pussycat? Even if they unplug it, you're going to plug it back in. It's still going to play. Pussycat, I love you. Love you. Lush uh, leaves the series. He did not love it after just one season. He later goes on to join The Voice Australia. Uh, he's a coach there as a sixth season. So basically, he's getting into reality TV show judging, like one of those people. I've seen December, him on that show. I don't know what, what is it in the English or the Australian version. I, I know I've seen him there quite a few times. Oh, for sure. Right. Because I love watching that show in, in three-minute increments on, like, YouTube. I don't like watching the whole... I don't want to hear the backstory. I just want to see the performance. Right. I don't care what Terry Crews has to say. Watch his nipples jump up and down. That's, I don't. I want to see the people sing, and they're good or they're not. Yeah. I want to hear, you know, 
What was that one? I think one? I just confused some shows together, but whatever. March 26, 2020. Through his YouTube channel, uh, Lush releases two solo albums. Oh, I'm sorry. Two solo songs and videos entitled Clouds, and the other one's called Isolation. These are like warning trigger words. Count. Okay. Um, titles are taken from his forthcoming album, Gemini's Don't Read the Manual. Take that, Gemini's. Which is due to uh, be released later in the year, but that's postponed. Do you know what you are? Me, yeah, I'm a Libra. I think I'm an Aries. Do I just you know found that out the other day. <laughs> that I had makes to use sense. it as a uh, a question to re get my um like a password from a website or something. Sure. So I had to look up what I was because I didn't know. That's funny. No, yeah, look into it, man. It's it's pretty interesting because I am. I, I like I am for justice and fairness for all. What I do on the balance on the scales. I don't know if you know what an Aries is, but the Libra is the scales. I'm balanced. All right, continue. <laughs> okay, uh, returning to Lush's uh, career, we just left off in 2020, so we'll go back there. April 6, 2020, he starts his own record label. There you go, BGP. Oh, he started his own That's label. Not, uh, yep, Boy George presents BGP. That's cool. I like that. 2021. Uh, Cat likes it too. He's a guest on BBC's Paul Weller Live at the Barbican. Bar- Barbican. Barbacoa. Uh, he joins this guy, Paul Weller, and uh, conductor J- Jules Buckley for a version of. By Barbasol. The style. <laughs> by Menon. I came up with that. A uh, version of the Style Council's You're the Best Thing. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. Or You're the Best Thing. You're the Best. Of the class this year. This year. That's nice. More sunscreen. Um, in late 2021, he's set to be a judge on the Irish talent show, The Big Deal. He's kind of a big deal. A big deal. People I can't know even say him. Irish. He won a Grammy with Culture Club, two Brit Awards, an American Music Award. I didn't say that right. American Music Award Awards. What? Anyway, an Attitude Award. Hmm. A Juno Award, an Ivor Novello Award, and a quote, as we do, from George Allen Boy George O'Dowd himself, quote, as a guy named Ben, who's doing great things. In a way, we need people like Ben. We need straight guys to come out and say, we're worried about you. Get over yourself. That's what we need, because no one's listening to us. Certainly no one's listening to me. Boy George, Lieutenant Lush, everybody. Woo! I can't believe he quoted me. Yeah, man. I thought it was nice that you'd you'd talk to him. I know, right? You guys were friends. No, I were you a fan of his? I like Boy George's songs, man. Yeah, man. You're out there, Genesee West. I'll tell him before you and you're just kicking around the roller skating rink. Yeah. That's I think where that that's where I think I'm at too. Is not that I went out back then and procured his music no but it was in our it was woven into our lives oh yeah that was the soundtrack of our childhood sure absolutely so when you hear (laughs) when you hear that stuff it brings back happiness and nostalgia Eh, oh for sure it takes me back man yeah Uh, it's fun it's fun it's fun it was fun. fun. What else is fun is uh, we got a little feedback. Woo! There you go for some feedback. This is a YouTube comment from Christina Van Dworker. 
on Erin Carter. Remember our Erin Carter episode? Mm-hmm. No. no. Aaron. Uh, she says, so much got left out of AC uh, episode. He's a full-blown addict, and he looks like he's on death's door. He lied about having cancer. He's constantly running scams. He doesn't take care of his poor doggos. He still drives when he's high and distracted and chats on his IG lives while he's driving. Jesus. Uh, he was selling hoodies dipped in house paint and bleach. Most people never got theirs anyway or refunded. He steals beats. He got caught stealing art at least a couple times. He raised $10,000 for a handicapped little boy who needed handicapped accessible vehicles, and he pocketed the money, and he blocked his mother on social media. He also collected money uh, to feed the homeless and pocketed that as well. He's a megalomaniac who's deep in his delusions. He's uh, now a professional e-beggar and an all-around awful person. Enjoyed the podcast, though. Uh, it's pretty funny. Thumbs up emoji. <laughs> it sounds like his girlfriend. But wait. <laughs> There's more. There's a reply from Kim Birchenau. Birchenau. Oh, Birchenau. Oh, there's more uh, to this? Not forgetting the churches in Africa, and they weren't naming something in his honor in Haiti, a uh, resultant of his benevolence uh, in an island or something. So then he scammed people in Africa, <laughs> churches in Africa, and Haiti. <laughs> wow. I, I apologize, everybody. This might have happened after we uh, did our research. I don't know how old Aaron Carter was in well, uh, the episode, but still, I really appreciate that. Thank you for... Uh, uh, pointing that out that's crazy that dude's i will give it to you though that he wasn't like our on our radar like his older brother was like our era his little the little brother was not that's how i beat Shaq. is what i know of aaron carter and then he became a reality star so i appreciate uh christina and kim for telling us these extra points because you're right that's amazing he's well, selling hoodies dipped in paint if you got one you might not even have got one she like, sounds really? like she was knows something more like intimate i mean not intimate like sexually i'm just saying no but like in the know like she might be from california or something or might be his cousin or ex-girlfriend or something. i'm mad if he doesn't take care of his dogs that's some bullshit that, that d- d- the doggos yep gotta take care oh, of the doggos dude From the studios of Crime and Music, it's time for the Erie Canal Soda Pop Report. (laughs) We have a Facebook comment from Dan Davis. Um, He said, quote, I know this festival has been covered by this page before, but this is a new video and it's too good to pass up. And he shared a link on our Facebook page. Um, There's a video of like a crowd shot, like people walking around, like, like old film footage of somebody who attended the concert. It's pretty sweet, man. You can see like... The drug alleyway stuff where everybody has their tables oh, he, and stuff selling so so drugs. Our, he and, linked it? Yeah, it's on our Facebook page. It's under the comment, uh, under some of our, in our comment section, you can see it there. Oh, God. But yeah, and then That's there's cool. like, you can see the, uh, like, where the the trucks were on fire and where they burned the stage. Like I want to go see that right now. Can I stop People doing everything around. I'm doing now and go look at it? You and everyone else should, but wait for just a little <laughs> longer to the end of the episode. That's all I ask. All right. And that brings us up to a speak pipe. Right, right. We have a speak pipe from our man, Canadian Mike. Sup, sup. This is Canadian Mike here with another episode of Cool Canadian Facts. Yes. Did you know that you guys invaded us in 1812? <laughs> you dickheads. Luckily, it was <laughs> unsuccessful. What you failed to realize is that as soon as you cross the border, the temperature drops to below zero and you're woefully unprepared. You've actually invaded us four times throughout history. We're not sure what your problem is, but it's all good, though, baby. Water under the bridge. 
Just go, don't go getting any big ideas about our freshwater lakes. Peace and love. Oh, your freshwater lakes. There are freshwater lakes. Those are our, you don't name them, you don't name them Lake Michigan for nothing, all right? Canadian Mike Soda's Canadian Woo. Facts, everybody. Woo! I miss that guy. I miss that <laughs> I guy. Do too. I do, I, I like miss, that he's back around. I miss that guy. I like that we get little bits here and there from- uh, Yeah. It's from fun. Our, from our speak pipe. Hey, if you want to listen to uh, leave a message like Mike did, go to our website, crimeandmusic.com. There's a little button there that says speak pipe. You just leave us a voicemail message. We'll play it here at the end of the show and, and communicate with you and everybody else. I feel like that was kind of highly produced. I, I feel like he wrote it down. Yeah, There's man. A <laughs> There's, there was a script he was going through. That was great. Wow. And some research. He did research. Doing more than us. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, He's doing more than awesome. you. Every time you say us, it's you. Uh, I have a script. I'm reading it now. <laughs> I got three laptops going. Dude, my script is so sweet. It sounds like it's all just made up on the spot. Right. Jeez. As I was saying, if you want to leave your own feedback, go to crimeandmusic.com. Leave us a speak pipe message. Catch us on all the social medias at crime and music. We love hearing from you guys too. I want to play one more thing for Ben. And that's kind of how we're going to leave the episode. Um, we got a, a speak pipe from no bro. 18. Familiar. Felt so right, yeah. Now I'm fighting for my life, yeah. I don't like it. I close my eyelids. I still see you there. Time to get higher just to face my fears. Better off alone. Now I'm on my own. Hate it when you're gone. Don't you call my phone. Can't tell right from wrong. My feelings still grow. You wanna let go? I don't want to though. I don't like it. All this fighting right beside me. All these demons. I've been trying, can't deny it. It's my life, yeah. Got my reasons. I see it before me, grab the cup and keep pouring Hate when I feel lonely, act like you don't know me Do shit without knowing, problems I expose them You sit and ignore them, don't like where it's going Tell me what is wrong with me, feel there's something you don't see Know I'm right to some degree, let's agree to disagree No more us, there's no more we some problems focusing when you go i feel so free but i still hate when you leave i'ma do what's best for me yeah i'ma do what's best for me yeah i'ma do what's best for me yeah i'ma do what's best for me you are so selfish yeah there was no helping yeah i'm better off alone and now i'm on my own feels so right yeah now i'm fighting for my life yeah I close my eyelids, I still see you there Time to get higher, just to face my fears No bro 18, everybody Woo! Well, I'll say this I think we should be very thankful to be part of a song Dude, yeah. I like that one No, I mean, that that was his song and then he sampled your. Hey, he took my beat. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's cool. 
It's open source. Sweet, man. We're open source. There you go. Right We're on. 100% open source. I wish that guy the best of luck. Where was he from? Do we know anything about him? Uh, no, bro. <laughs> Can I take a guess? We could uh, hypothesize. You I think build he's up a from persona. London. There you go. You think you caught an accent? I thought I caught a little bit of an accent over there. You may have. Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. We're Good. Big no, the, that was uh, fun. That was the, great. Thank you very much. What was his name? Let's shout him out one more time. No bro 18. No bro 18. No bro 18. I'm calling it Face My Fears. Okay. Because that's like yeah. his hook. Nope. Good fears. song. Go. Great song. Little, nice couple little hooks. I think actually, I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, try to tell the guy what to do. I think there's actually two or three songs in that song. I think you could break it up. There's two. There's a oh, lot yeah. of content no, in right? that one song. Yeah. Break it up three sure. songs. There you go. I think so. Hey, man, I told you guys before, if you want to be like no bro 18 just you know hit us up where you hit us up at. Leave a speak pipes where you leave the speak pipes at. And unless you got nothing else going on there, Ben, anything else? No, no, I, uh, good, good, fun, I'm fun. Leave we, you, uh, I can't wait to listen to this episode, Brian. Oh, this will be great. <laughs> We've grown so much since we started the be- at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, we like an hour ago, the- we didn't we didn't know half of this stuff. Now we, we know. Got to the middle, amazing. And then we yeah. took a year off from this, this episode. Right. How many episodes do you think we released between the beginning of this one and the end of this one? Oh, uh, 10, 20? 20, somewhere in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right, but you know what? One thing I know for sure, I'm saying is never trust a big butt and a smile. I don't even know if we used to say that back then. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.